Welcome to Perspectives on Practice, an exploration of what it means to be in process and what we learn along the way. What are you practicing? In this interview, I spoke with my friend Deb Cooperman, a writer and coach who helps women in transition rediscover what they want out of life and reclaim their essential awesomeness. She works with personal journaling as a practice and as a tool for her clients and facilitates writing groups for women local to her home in New Jersey and on location. Deb talks about her personal journaling practice, some of the challenges of being honest with ourselves on the page, and about how writing can give us back to ourselves. Tell me about writing for you. Oh, well, writing for me now. Um, keeps me grounded. Mm-hmm. Um helps me make decisions, mm-hmm. helps me be honest, um, helps me vent, mm-hmm. model through, mm-hmm. um, fetch, bitch, mom, celebrate, you name it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're talking about personal writing, journaling. Oh, yeah, journaling. Yeah. I mean, I write any number of other ways. Right. But to me, it always comes back to that. It always comes back to that. I can't write an article. I can't write a blog post. I can't edit somebody else's work unless I actually prime the pump mm-hmm. and get present in my own life. Mm-hmm. And that's how, that's, that's how I get, that's how I slow it down mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. see what I think. Yeah. Tell me more about that. Um, Maybe how it works or, or what it feels like. Um, well, I know a lot of people started doing morning pages with the whole artist's way. Right. Um, and I always say that morning is good, three pages is fine, um, brain dump the way she tells you brain dump. All fine, great, do it. If that's what works, that's great. Um I don't think you need to do it in the morning. I don't think you need to do three pages. Um, I think you can pick the pen up. You know, she says, don't ever let the pen leave the page. Um, I just, I do, but I do think that the gist of what she's trying to get at is it helps you get clarity if you clear out the cobwebs. If you, if you can sit down with a journal in front of you or, or a notebook or pay or a computer or whatever it is, and you can just get that shit down. You just get the stuff out that's running around in your head over and over again. The person that you you know got mad at in the traffic today or the thing that your boss said that pissed you, whatever it is, if you could just get it out, it's easier to stand back and ha- and be clear in your own life and not hang on to those things and let them run and run and run and keep running in your head. Um, some people meditate. Um, some people write and meditate. Some people do yoga. Some people paint. I, I just find that um, it's... Well, it's it, to, to me, it's got a couple different layers of awesomeness. One is the moment that you're doing it. You just... 
getting it out, getting it out, and that feels damn good. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, is that you have this record. You have this place that you can go back and you can reflect. You can also, if you keep saying the same stuff over and over again, you got a place where you can't avoid this mirror that you've created for yourself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Yeah. right. Oh, I really should break up with that guy. Oh, I really hate my job. Oh, I really should stop drinking. Mm-hmm. You know, well, gosh, why did this or why did that? If you keep seeing those things over and over again, maybe you should break up with that guy. Maybe you should quit your job. Maybe you should stop drinking. You know, whatever it is. Right. But you see it over and over again. Right. You know. Right. I don't know. Right? You're talking about self-awareness. Yeah, you start to see, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. When did you start writing? Um, I got, I told this story quite a few times, but I, I, I got my first journal uh, right before I was about to turn 12. And it was a, it was a five-year diary, which is like really makes me laugh. It's this tiny little book. And it had like four lines at the top. It would say like um, December 1. As soon as I, I had never thought about writing when somebody gave that to me. I don't know who it was. It was somebody, it was right before my birthday. And I asked my parents, I asked other people, do you know who, did you give me that? They don't know. Whoever it was, yay. Um, Bless them. Um, because as soon as I got that thing and I saw it and I got the idea of what it was supposed to be, I knew there was no freaking way that those four lines were enough. <laughs> and I crossed the five out on the cover and I wrote one in pen <laughs> and I used those pages. That was it. And I mean... I wrote about the guy I had a crush on in sixth grade or the, my sister was a jerk or my parents didn't understand me, all that kind of. But um, I like duck to water. I mean, it was like, oh, here's a place I can go. Right. No one understands me. I can write it all down. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what yeah. a perfect time to give, you know, a teenage girl or right. a soon-to-be teenage girl right. a place to vent. Right. And, uh, and I did it off and on for, um, you know, most of my teenage years. And I think college is when I really started doing it pretty full out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have boxes and boxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you go back and read? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, not... Not a lot. Every once in a while, I'll just be like, oh, let's pull one. Let's see what's in yeah, here. Yeah. And I open it up, and sometimes it's, like, heartbreaking. I feel so badly for that girl. Yeah. And the struggles and how how she didn't see stuff yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's amazing when you look back over journals. I don't know if you have this experience. I know you, you mm-hmm. say you do it, too. But you you look back at old journals and you, I can see sometimes when I read, oh, you were writing around it. You, 
Like sometimes I think you de- like you. I was deliberately mm-hmm. avoiding saying something, mm-hmm. and I can almost tell. Mm-hmm. And other times I am encouraging myself back then, going, "Come on, you're almost there. You're so close. You're so close. You're just, so close. just, yeah. You know, like because I'm having a struggle yeah. with something, and I can." see how close I was to getting yeah. it or other times I did not want to see and I was writing myself away from it yeah. trying yeah. not yeah. to see well I think it's interesting because you mentioned one of the first things that you mentioned was it as a way of being honest with yourself and one thing that um and I'm I've come to this very recently and in comparison mm. but one of the things that I found really startling for myself was how hard it was to be honest with myself, even in this very private yeah. format. But I think the, and it's true. It, I don't, I'm not always honest with myself. And right. I think, you know, like that's my thing. Right. right, right. Um, but I think it's, you don't have to be honest every single moment. You have to be truthful to the practice if that makes sense, mm-hmm. you have to say, I'm just going to give myself over to putting this stuff down. Yeah. And even if I'm not ready to say it, yeah. I'm just going to keep putting stuff down, yeah. even if I'm not ready to say it. Yeah. yeah. So that, you know, 17 year old or 20 or 30 or whatever year old person who is circling around something yeah. and not saying it or avoiding it, yeah. you know, time to leave yeah or you know whatever whatever the thing is you know whatever the thing is you're fighting um if you're if you if you're willing to just be wherever you are even if it's avoiding it mm-hmm. eventually you'll That's a form of honesty too. you'll get there right yeah yeah it's like the bigger arc of truth as opposed to the moment of honesty. You, you said something early on too, and I'm going to miss your phrasing, but, um, but it was um, connected to being present somehow. Talk to me about writing and being present. Um... I can only speak to my my own experience or of the, you know, primarily women that come to my groups. Um, My own experience uh, is this constantly firing, you know, millions of thoughts at once. And I can't write a million thoughts at once, so I have to make a choice. And a lot of times it's a crazy maze of thoughts but I have to make a choice mm-hmm. um, and in a way that's its own form of mindfulness because you're choosing you're making a choice in the moment you're being conscious of what is it that I'm saying and sometimes my choice is to just follow the path and see where the path is going where the brains are firing and I might be off on a variety of 
little twists and turns, right, but right. Um, but it's I'm choosing, and over time, well, there's sort of the record of the path, right? Uh, a record of the choices, and it's also the process is its own choice. I, well, and I don't know if this makes any sense to you, but um, I think a lot about um, I think a lot about being conscious and being present. And when you're talking about making a choice, it's like it's like practicing making a choice, like practicing choosing, practicing being engaged with the commentary that's going in your head, and practicing to like exercising choice in yeah. the flow of that commentary. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, it's interesting because um, um, the hamster is um, a therapist and he primarily works with his patients on practicing mindfulness. Oh, um, and, and the therapy is about paying attention. Right. And we've had conversations before where, you know, I said, well, it sounds a little bit like what I do with the writers. And he said, you do. Yeah. You are teaching, you know, your own, which I don't know that I would have put together until we started, you know, yeah. until I met him and, and we started these conversations where I realized it is its own version mm-hmm. because the more you see the choices that you make, and you witness yourself mm-hmm. in the process and in the product on the page mm-hmm. you're seeing then you have an opportunity in your life to make it's kind of meta it's like you know yeah. the process the product the right. the process of the process of the you know it's like <laughs> ah, it makes me confused <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. um, so, and it, and I think it's true that when when people when people come to the the workshops, they often come because they think, oh, I always used to want to write a book, or I thought I wanted to write a book, or I was I need a creative outlet, or something like that, and then they find like, oh, I didn't realize. I was thinking this. I didn't realize that I had so much to say. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how much I was hiding out. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it shakes people up a little bit. And I know some women who say they don't write unless they're at the at group, Mm -hmm. Um, because it's like it feels safe to do it there. It doesn't feel quite as safe to do it when they're by themselves. Interesting. Um, when we write in community, mm-hmm. there's this, there's a magic that happens um, because there's, you, I love when somebody first comes to the group the first time because one of the first exercises that I do with people to try and shut down any well, you can never really shut down the editor, but to try to help um, shut down the editor is um, there's this old Anne Lamott um, exercise that she had, which was, um, you know, write badly. Yeah. And 
we do an exercise where we basically, I tell them to write badly. Mm-hmm. People are always like, what do you mean write badly? Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, give them like, here's, here's the prompt, here's the topic, like write about, you know, mm-hmm. fairy lights mm-hmm. um, and write as badly as possible. Yeah. And I don't care what you write about fairy lights. You could write yeah. about going shopping for them. You can write about how they always get twisted. You can write yeah. about whatever. Yeah. Um, and write as badly as you can. Yeah. And you should see how hard it is for people to write badly, mm-hmm. and they work really hard. Like, what does that mean to write badly? And I'm like, I don't care. Just whatever you mm-hmm. think writing badly is, write right. badly. And people wind up just like cracking up mm-hmm. because it's like, how do you do? Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Right. And sentence with a preposition. Oh God, you know, right. whatever it is that you make up, it's right. bad. Right. And I think that one that frees people, so they they feel free, and they also see other people doing it, mm-hmm. and so there's sort of humor and safety. In that, yeah. But the other thing that happens is, is when you're a room full of people and you see people who are apologizing almost before they start, and then they read. And you don't have to read in my groups, but you know, once you see how awesome it is, it's like everybody just like can't wait to usually can't wait to read their stuff um, because you think you don't have something, mm-hmm. and then you read it, and everybody just says oh, wow, like that thing. Mm-hmm. Because we don't, the thing, we don't give feedback on, like, oh, you should change this or tweak right, that. Right. I, um, there's, there's a woman who I a model um, a lot of the feedback on. Um, her name is um, Pat Schneider. She does the Amherst Artists and Writers Workshops. And um, the feedback is really about, like, finding the gems and encouraging that. Yeah. So it's not saying, oh, that was good. Right. What did you do with those two characters, though? Because I didn't really understand that. It's right. none of that. It's, right. It's like, right. whoa, that moment where you described the way the sun hit the water in the boat fishing with your dad. Beautiful. Mm. You don't have to go any further. Yeah. And it's not about, oh, my... I remember when I fished with my dad. Not about you. Right. It's about the writing. Talk about the writing. And over time, it just sort of frees you up because you know nobody's going to be talking about, oh, did your father really say that to you? God, that's terrible. (gasps) Right. It's like, oh, wow, the water. Boy, boy. Or you captured that. Or I really... I could really hear the emotion from that little girl. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it somehow or another, there's just, I don't know, I'm going off topic a little bit, but it's, it, I think it frees people up. Right. They feel safer. Right. They, they stretch a little bit. Right. I mean, it's encouragement, it's stretching, it's permission. Right, right. Um, and you're setting that environment too, so it has a lot to do with how you're creating that space. I love that. So tell me what your writing practice is like these days. Um, well, honestly, it's it's hard. <laughs> um, and and tell me not enough how. Not enough how. Um, well, I'm working a full time job and I do my business on the side, and I've recently moved and I have a long commute and. Um, so I used to wake up in the morning 
and would often, before I even got out of bed, would just grab my journal and start writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been doing it like a lot of things these days, kind of on the margins. Mm-hmm. And um, that takes me off center when I'm not, you know, it's not the first thing I do when I get up in the morning. Mm-hmm. I often bring it downstairs and I'll write when I'm having my coffee mm-hmm. now. But it's not quite the same. Mm-hmm. But I still, you know, with this move and new patterns and creating new structures, mm-hmm. I haven't quite gotten in the groove so I'm um, I'm in a hiccup mm-hmm. and it's I don't like it mm-hmm. um, so not enough is uh, I mean the, the, I could really if I had my way I could wake up in the morning and I could have like 45 minutes where all I did was just sit and write mm-hmm. and that would be ideal mm-hmm. Anywhere from a half hour to an hour, really, mm-hmm. would I would just be in heaven. That would be mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah. Um, and haven't quite figured that out yet of how to make that space in this this new um, this new situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing a little bit more um, typing writing mm-hmm. because sometimes I can steal ten minutes here and there at work. Right. Mm-hmm. But I do sometimes. I just mm-hmm. at work when mm-hmm. like I have a minute between something and I have a meeting in ten minutes. I'll be like, yeah. okay, I can't really start anything, mm-hmm. and I type it and I save it and I yeah. email it to myself, and then I have it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so you know, yeah. I I'm, I don't like something that's that important being on the margins. And it isn't a hundred percent on the margins, but it's more on the margins than I would like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's tough. Right, right. So that you feel like, it sounds like you feel like there's a certain volume of it that helps keep you, that helps keep you balanced. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I would imagine, you know, if somebody said to you, okay, you can do a sun salutation, but that's all you get today. Right? Funny, you should mention Oh, no, really? (laughs) Oh, no, really? (laughs) We'll talk a little bit more. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I cannot practice enough to balance myself out right now. Wow. Yeah. So I relate to what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you, I mean, and it's an interesting perspective because at the time when you probably need it most mm-hmm. and things are wacky, mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. So I wonder what, where the, what the question is and how do we make space? Mm-hmm. For the thing that mm-hmm. gives us back to ourselves right. when the world is conspiring to take us mm-hmm. away from that. Right. So it's so this is a thread that has been running through a few of these conversations. Oh, okay. So it's so so it's so interesting that this is coming up here too. And there are, so there are a couple of things. And one is that um, I read this a week or so ago and it's it came from Mark Silver I don't know if you're uh-huh. familiar with him yeah. it was about a Sufi teaching that talked about things having rights on us um, rights rights things having rights on us like your children have rights on you your job your duties 
have rights on you. Your responsibilities have yeah. rights on your time and your yeah. energy. And, um, and, and it was about, um, therefore, your spiritual practice, whatever it may be, um, must be in the margins or must integrate in some way because these things have their, they have their rights on you. And, um, yeah, so there was that. And then, um, last night I met with this yoga teacher in, um, in Doylestown and, and she talked about some of these intense practices that she does. And she gave an example of, um, doing this particular mantra that she had to do and it took um, to do this verse of this mantra in a round of 108 um, took an hour and she had to do X number of these per day and that meant that she was doing it in the shower and she was doing it when she was cooking and she was doing it when she was in the car and she was doing it like all around everything else where she didn't have to be you know doing these other things and she she basically said in in her lineage her lineage's philosophy is all about unification and integration anyway so she said it's that's the way it is like these are our lives and we build these lives and we have these relationships and these responsibilities we have to find those ways to to do those things that bring us home to ourselves, that yeah. give us back to ourselves in whatever way we see fit. So your 10 minutes at work. And when I was at work, it was my lunch hour and my 10 minutes in between and stuff too, you know, same thing. Um, but we have to find that way to sneak it in. And it may still not be enough because you have these other obligations. It may not be enough. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, I can't... I, I kind of like that because then, because I've sort of set it up in my head that, which is interesting because I'm, one of the things that I love about the writing in community is that you realize the thing that we all know, we actually get to experience that there's no right way. There's no one story. There's no perfect anything. Right. And you get this when you have a million people telling stories about fairy lights or right. whatever. Um, that there are different ways, there are different ways to say it, and oh, so nothing, there's not perfect, there's no, and yet in some way, in like interesting stuff, I've set myself up thinking that there's the right way right. to have my practice, which is probably my preferred way, mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't make it like not okay right. to like grab a piece of paper that's not in my journal and right. and we have receipts yeah <laughs> like yeah and a lot of times what I do is I like if I'm out somewhere and I'm and I'm um, don't have you know like I didn't bring a journal with me or something like that mm -hmm. like I'll grab paper but I will make sure mm -hmm. that I don't write like I try to remember okay, my, my journal's about this big. Mm -hmm. And so I try to write it in such a way so that I, and I only write on one side of the paper so that I can tape it. Because <laughs> it's really important that I keep that record because that's part of the process. Keeping it is really important mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. Having that 
so that I can look back and I can see that's part of the process. Mm -hmm. That's part of what makes it. Right. It's got a couple different layers to it that are important to me. Right, right, right. Um, But it's not without merit even if I don't, Mm -hmm. you know. If you were to give give a writing practice to somebody who's not who's not or, or doesn't think they're a writer right now, what would you would you offer up a, a small practice? Well, I think like most people would say with a practice, start where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think you can't write, start mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Say, start with those words on the paper. Yeah. I don't know if I can do this right I don't think I can write right um, and then see where that takes you mm-hmm. um, I would I recommend that you you know try not to have any preconceived notions about what it's supposed to be mm-hmm. or even what you're going to get out of it um just see what's in your head, invite it to come out on the page. Resist the urge to edit yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about spelling. Get it down. Resist mm-hmm. the urge to edit, resist the urge to perfect. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. start where you are. Mm-hmm. Say whatever you know comes up. You said you used these words, and I thought it was so beautiful. Giving ourselves back to ourselves. Um, can you talk a little bit about what that quality is, or what that feels like? Because to me, that is very much what um, what some of these practices are about. Is about yeah, coming back to ourselves. Yeah, and um, and I think it's hard to know what that. It's hard to know what that feels like for someone who is maybe looking for that sort of practice of that sort of quality and yeah do you have any 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 thoughts any descriptions anything what does that feel like for you how did you know when you said dr water how what did that feel like i mean dr water was your description can you elaborate on that i think we all know that feeling of, um, I mean, I, I can use my own experiences, like when I sit at the beach and I hear the ocean and I feel the sun on my face. I don't want to be at the beach when there are a lot of people around. I want to be there when it's cool and it's late in the day and the sun's going down. And I'm watching the sun, and I just feel like my heart opens up. Like it connects, it's like, or being in love, or um, those those peak moments in your life that are, um, I don't know, for me it's like it's nature, it's singing a good song, it's... um, 
dancing. Um, so some of those moments that you describe, like being at the beach, yeah, like you have that with your writing sometimes. Yeah, and sometimes it's after. You know, mm. <laughs> sometimes it's you know it's um, like a result. Um, not not the stuff that I wrote. It's right. the experience of having emptied. Yes. Like let that gunk, the mind, the stories, the monkey yeah. mind, the blah, 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 yeah. you know, yeah. the stuff that's pissing you off, the stuff that's distracting you, yeah. and, um, to get it out on the page. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, suddenly it's on the page. You can sort of like, oh, okay, well, there I am. There's, there's what's going on today. This is what's it. And then sometimes you can leave it. Sometimes you have to examine it some more. Um, but I, I always say, you know, you, you sort of meet yourself on the page. And you, and you, you put it there. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me. Um, do you ever... So is it is it very often the result or do you have it when you're on occasion when you're actually in the act as well oh hell yeah oh yeah. god it's it just be, it's just what I do now <laughs> you know it's, it's a great way of you know I, I don't know how else to explain it it's like yeah of course I I mean I don't want to compare it to brushing my teeth but yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. of course. I just mm-hmm. right, right. Yeah, just of course I'm gonna write. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wonder if there's a um, like a length of time that it takes before practice feels like that brushing your teeth analogy, you know. Before it feels like oh, it's it's just it's just that thing that you do, where it provides that sort of um, I've been struggling to figure out how to verbalize this one. It provides some sort of um, not framework. That is not the right word. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have it. I don't have it. But it where it becomes that part of. Stabilizing, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and even and even not even that. It's yeah. I kind of find it. It's like a place of. I want to almost say like it's a place of rest, but it's not really rest because mm-hmm. it's I don't rest right. there, in it really. But it feels like. Yes, it's a place of yes. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what else is. You know, it's like, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know how much time because I, I don't think you need all that much time to realize how awesome it could be. It's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. It's funny because um, when, when I came back, um, to the East Coast after living, you know, I've been in California. I really wanted my mother 
to come to one of my groups because my mother was this. She was awesome. But I watched her for so many years, like, apologize, apologize. Oh, and be worried, this, that, or the other. And I really, man, I really wanted her to come in to the group and see, you know, what it was like to have people just go, yeah. It's funny, sometimes I think that, you know, my mother who drove me crazy sometimes was also, you know, one of the big catalysts for, you know, wanting to share it with other women because without, you know, really seeing who we are clearly, we're going to think we have to be a certain way, measure to a certain way. And there are plenty of people out there who are perfectly happy to tell you how you're supposed to be, you know, how you're supposed to look, how you're supposed to dress. And if you are willing to, if you're not willing to sit with yourself and examine and get clear, you'll fall for all of it. And you will not like yourself very much. Or you'll always be, you're not going to be very compassionate with other people, not with yourself. So, but really, I'm all about self-compassion. But really... about real peace and <laughs> kindness. You know? Oh, that's great. Not buying Wall Street. <laughs> Bullshit. Oh, that's great. Except mascara. I really like mascara. I'm so grateful to Deb for opening her heart and her home for us to have this great conversation. And I hope that you all enjoyed it as much as I did. You can find more of Deb's signature honesty and humor, as well as tools to spark your own writing practice at debcooperman.com. Tell her I sent you, but just don't call her Debbie. I'm Melinda Hunt, and this is the Perspectives on Practice podcast. Visit perspectivesonpractice.com for more conversations on what it means to be a practicing human and to share your own practice. Thanks so much for being here.